your weekly educational coffee is about to be served. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Educational experts from all around the world are sharing some coffee and ideas with you. It's Teacher's Coffee with Natasha and George. Teacher's Coffee. Hi, Natasha. Hello, my friend. How are you today? Mm, I feel pretty excited because we have a very special guest. Yes. And, um, As always, but this one is one of our favorites. Yeah, because I have a feeling that we have a, many interesting things to discuss with him. And uh, as uh, people have seen from the advertisement, today with us, ladies and gentlemen, we have Rob Howard. Rob, welcome to Teacher's Coffee. Oh, thank you to both, and it's a pleasure to be here. Fantastic, excellent. Um, well, I would I would like to start with a definition of what exactly you do, because <laughs> yeah, I, I, this is actually stuck on my mind. The last time I heard you talking, you call yourself a facilitator, which was yes. I think it was a brilliant title. I loved it and um, very close to the needs of the, of the modern teacher. It really struck a chord, this particular mm -hmm. word. But I will let you describe exactly what is your job title, what you deal with, and maybe you can explain us how you can facilitate things to teachers as well. Great. Well, thanks. Well, first, we don't have a World Facilitators Day. So, you know, at the time of the recording, we happen to be World Teachers Day. So happy World Teachers Day to all of us. Exactly. And it, it's a great pleasure to be here. But yeah, I talk about being a facilitator of advanced communication skills. And basically what I look at is all of us are a little bit of everything. For instance, you may be a teacher, you could be a trainer, a tutor, a mentor, a coach. And quite frankly, um, when I look at what I do, I'm all of them. So to put this together, basically, I help my students and clients achieve success at whatever their goal is. And, you know, it's nice having studied in the past. I was in business. So, um, you know, I've been a mentor. I've been a trainer. Um, I was a tutor for um people years ago with mathematics and now I'm you know a teacher I'm also a coach and putting all this together I kind of put it as you know having a 
bag of golf clubs. So at any given time, depending on what the student or client needs, I have the exact right club to pull out for the right shot. Or if you want to talk tools, I also do carpentry. You have the right tool at the right time. And, um, you know, sometimes it's coaching skills, but then there's sometimes it would be easier to be a teacher. Sometimes I'm a therapist, but, you know, it's, that's a different certification. <laughs> you have to, to wear a lot of hats when you're actually a teacher. And uh, that's yes. one of the definitions that I heard from Annie Lennox. And I have to mention that, that a woman has to wear a lot of hats. I would mm -hmm. say both women and men, when they are teachers, they have to wear a lot of hats and play a lot of roles. Exactly. So yes, a therapist is one is part of the game, I guess. <laughs> yes, and um, actually, I wish I was a therapist. You can charge even more. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I am to give um, this discussion uh, a more serious twist, I would say that that's the exact idea of anti-specialization, because I think this is much closer to the profile and the needs of the modern teacher. Exactly. I, I remember you know, a, a university professor saying, um, debunking in a way specialization that the greatest genius of the previous century, Leonardo da Vinci, he was not specialized in, mm -hmm. in, in, in anything in particular. He was literally a jack of all trades, knowing a little bit of chemistry, a little bit yes. of artillery, a little bit of architecture, a little bit of this and that. So. I think our the, the era that we are living uh, mm -hmm. supports this kind of profile, which I find it fascinating and um, yep. useful. I agree, and especially you know when we're looking at um, the needs of the student these days, and I'm sure we'll get to that later on, talking about business English. This is especially more important because there's so many different varied needs for each particular client. Um, but, you know, for now, we'll talk about regular English. But I, I really think that it's important for teachers to start developing more skills and more abilities, even more than ever before, because we're up against machine learning. We're up against, um, you know, different ways that we can learn. And I know uh, as a teacher, it, we look more and more in this digital age Soon we're going to be up against the major publishers. Um, not you guys. You guys are great. <laughs> but quite frankly, I feel the, the, the real biggies, they're trying to squeeze the teachers out and go direct to the students. So absolutely, we, we need to improve. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, Rob, I have heard you talking uh, a lot uh, to teachers about the development of their personal branding, which is a term that I, I, I must confess that I really like, but I would like you to explain what that personal branding uh, mm -hmm. is all about. And um, I would like to ask you if you feel that nowadays this is more of a necessity or simply another option? Well, the easy answer is both. <laughs> Because um, it really depends on what you're looking to do in your career. For example, um, having a business background, branding is important. And I used to do branding with major companies in the past in the States. 
and the importance of branding to get number one your name out there um, is very important and you need to give students a place let's say even a simple website or something like that to land to get the information about you now that being said i'm not necessarily talking about advertising and you know everything that's happening on social media these days because i think people have gone a little bit crazy and they're spending a lot of time I'm talking about simple branding, because if you're a teacher like myself, I've had a larger business with lots of teachers before, but I'm slowing down, so it's just me. How much advertising and how much promotion do I need to do? Because it's just me, I'm looking to teach 20 hours a week, and that's it. And a lot of people out there are spending a lot of money on branding, on building websites, on, you know, advertising everywhere. Um, they're building these um, generating loops and everything else like that to bring in people. You know, this is what you do if you're a course. This is what you do, for instance, if you're express publishing. You know, you're trying to get out to the masses. But when we're talking about freelance teachers, I think simple branding is fine and because spend your time developing your skills, be a good teacher, and that's the best advertising you can ever do because you're going to, number one, retain your students, but also you're going to get referrals from your students now. And, you know, I've told people this for years for my course itself, not my business course, that's different. I'm advertising for bulk there. But for teaching, I haven't advertised in 20 years. I've never had to. And as a matter of fact, two weeks ago, I got a call from a student of mine from 10 or 12 years ago, who now needs to increase her skills, even though she's living in the United States and working, and she's coming back. Um, last week I got a referral for a husband and wife from a student that I had 15 years ago. So I don't need to advertise if I do my job well. So build your reputation, but do a little bit of branding, you know, um, just to give a little bit of credibility and a landing page for you to be. If you're a big business, then you need much more branding. Absolutely. And it makes absolute sense and um, create a point of reference uh, as a beginning and a point of good reference for your customers. And then obviously, yeah, the word of mouth, like you said, um, will help you, will yes. help you thrive, not simply succeed. Uh, yeah, it, it's really amazing because I tell people, you know, they ask me what they should do for advertising when they're in an area. Now, this is pre-COVID. Um, I used to tell them, go to the local supermarket and put up one of those little tear-off pieces of paper. You'll be a lot more successful than building, you know, um, everything on social media. And it's going to cost you a lot less money. Okay. So, Rob, um, you, you talked about the COVID era. Um, hopefully, it's coming to an end, an end but, you know, we still maybe have some way to go, irrespective of, uh, of that. 
Um, both me and Natasha, we believe that online learning, um, remote learning, you may call it mm -hmm. however you want, in a way um, is here to stay. And mm -hmm. it will remain maybe even as an integrated part of face-to-face -face learning uh, in the form of hybrid or whatever for many years. Um, I want your personal opinion on the matter. Not generally, online learning, how did you see, how did you assess this experience? Because now I think we can talk out mm -hmm. of experience of what really happened and how we all experienced this. Yeah, actually, I figured this up one time. I started teaching online 20 years ago, so I'm not new at it. And I figured I have something like over 20,000 hours online that I figured up one time. And, you know, I, I try to tell the story that it took me years to convince people to study online. I would talk to 100 people to convince one or two to try it. And then after a month or so, you know, to retain that one or two students um, was a lot of work. Everybody else has got it made because COVID came along and all of a sudden there was no choice. And here's a huge online market. Personally, I really love teaching online. I, I think it's definitely here to stay. Um, I don't think everybody is very good at it. I think a lot of people need to revisit the skills that they have. Um, you know, it's like not everybody can teach young learners. I won't teach little kids. It scares me. If you're not comfortable teaching online, don't do it. Go back to the classroom. But there are some wonderful online teachers there. And I really think that this is here to stay for the long term because when you look at it, um, if I'm working one-to-one, -one, which is mostly what I do with uh, advanced business students, it's much easier because I have students all over the world now with total flexibility. I teach in Russia. Um, I teach in Brazil, in the United States, all throughout Europe. And I have total flexibility. And you know what? I don't have to move from the spot. And it's, it's really wonderful. That's number one. Now, if you're teaching with small groups, I know it is a little more difficult. You have to learn how to use breakout rooms. But it's no different from pair work in the classroom, but it is a bit harder. I think the toughest part is when we get into these new up-and-coming hybrid classes with 30-plus students. This is still a challenge for a lot of people, and I think you know, we'll need more digital support. Um, one thing that I think, though, is that I think because people went online, all of a sudden they seem to have to become tech experts and use all these bells and whistles. You don't. Just be a good teacher, and there's no difference. So I think it's here to stay. Becoming a bit more specific now. Uh, I know that you're an active member of the IFBB Safe for Business English, right? Yes. Okay. Would you like to tell us a little bit about uh, this specific group and how do you see the future of business English from the perspective of a professional? 
Well, the IHFO BSIG has been around for many years. Um, in fact, um, coming up next month, we will have the 34th annual conference that we have. Normally, they've been face-to-face -face over the years, except for the past two. <laughs> yeah, we're hoping next year for the 35th, we'll all be together again. And um, it's really a diverse collection of teachers from all over the world. We have teachers, we have coaches, we have mentors. We have people that work in company, freelance, university. We have authors, we have curriculum people. We've got a bit of everything. And really, Business English over the years has always been changing. You know, the lines are kind of blurred with Business English. It's what what do you do? Are you teaching English in a business? Are you teaching English to business students? Are you teaching business to students who are learning English? You know, there's so many different diverse combinations of this. And what we're seeing a lot now that coaching has been catching on is a lot of business English teachers are going out to different skills, like leadership, leadership skills, um, you have things like working with empathy and um, negotiation. So we're getting a little bit more specialized. And I think the nice thing is doing the combination of skills and English or working with the existing skills that business people have in English to improve that um, is great. And they anticipate 87% of global business is going to take place in English in the future. And, you know, um, companies have already decided, global companies, that English is the language. And we need to make professionals able to accurately discuss business English. And um, the BSIG's great. I happen to be joint coordinator this year, following in the footsteps of many great and famous coordinators in the past. And um, we do a lot of good work, and we bring a lot of people together. You know, everybody talks about a, um, you know, the, uh, oh, what is it? The, um, hmm, you know, a, a culture of practice. Um I like to call it a culture of professionalism where we have professionals from every different specific walk of life that come together in the BSIG and everybody shares with each other and it's a great, really close family. So join us. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. We will. I, we will. Didn't know. I didn't know. I, I just heard because of Georgia. That you're really involved in that. I didn't know mm -hmm. that in the past. So maybe one of the future things that we're going to to prepare is something for the basic group for, for the IATF. Why not? Maybe Great. how maybe how to prepare and broadcast a podcast. Yes. I don't know if that would be that would be good. Yeah, it'd be very good. And you know, while we're talking about it, I'd like to thank Express. Express has been wonderful and helping to support the BSIG for years. And George, thank you. Now that's how I found out about it, you know, because we sponsored yep. several um, events as yes. Express Publishing and um, speakers as well. 
But apart from Bezik, that's why um, we had this introduction about the facilitator. You also have created an amazing concept that both me and Natasha, we had the pleasure and the honor to be part in the previous years, which is called the FL Talks. And uh, I can't actually, um, I want to stress again how I really love this concept of having this computer on for hours and mm -hmm. so many different people from different walks of life, as you said, uh, mm -hmm. talking about different topics, 10 minutes each. It was really amazing. And it was really pioneering because at the time that uh, back, back at the time when Rob started doing it, I mean, we didn't have so many online. Exactly. Events. Yeah, exactly. So maybe I should ask you, what made you create something like this? Um, and how do you assess the impact of it? And if we are to wait anything in the near future? Yeah, it, it was actually six years ago today. Happy anniversary to EFL Talks. Um, well, I started a little before it, but we had our first EFL Talk uh, today, six years ago. But... Um, Shelly Sanchez Terrell did a thing, um, I think about seven years ago, where she, she was challenging teachers to do something different. And I was sitting there thinking about, you know, what could I do that could help teachers throughout the world? And I thought about, you know, people who were doing Pecha Kuchas, people who were just starting to be online, not many of us. Um, the webinars were just becoming popular back then. And, you know, the one thing I always felt, though, is with these webinars, some of them were 60, 90-minute talks, which are good, but sometimes you have one little point that you need to make. And I thought about, why not take the idea of Pecha Kucha and make them short? So I came up, um, it was October 10th was the original date, and I started playing around with this 10 and 10 idea. And so it was 10 minutes with 10 slides, and that was the hook. And, you know, I, you know, I really wanted to come up with a way that we could provide uh, teacher development to any teacher anywhere in the world for free. You know, we're blessed. Um, I've been lucky enough to be able to travel around the world and go to conferences, but this isn't the reality for most teachers. So back then I wanted to put this together and the first one that I did, I put together 50 teachers, 10 minutes at a time. And um, since then we've had over 400 speakers and we've got over 600 videos on the YouTube channel that teachers can go through at any time and listen 10 minutes at a time and learn something new. And you know, it, it's been a lot of fun. Now, since COVID started, I slowed down a bit because there's so many webinars out there right now. And I didn't want to get lost in the sauce. I figured I'll let people do their webinars. We're seeing a bit of a slowdown right now. So I'm actually planning some new up and coming um, talks uh, for the near future. So I'll be chasing the two of you down again oh absolutely, absolutely. with <laughs> pleasure yes of course rob thank you very much that was really that was really enlightening and um uh yeah we we learned a lot of things uh today. Yes. yeah and time yeah. flies i mean i didn't even know that was the end of the of the interview george 
Yeah, it's well, you know, I tend to talk everything in 10 minute streams, so you know, you have to keep up. <laughs> yes, you're right. But no, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. I'm very honored to be here, and um, I think it's great with the podcast. Keep them going. You're what three years in now, right? Oh, no, five, five. five. Oh, you're catching five. it. Five, five, five. Ooh. yeah, okay, so. Congratulations you. to you two. Thank you. Thank you very much, Rob. Okay. Well, Natasha. That's all for na today. That's all for today. Another Friday is about to to end, and I uh, hope you all have a lovely weekend. And with great, uh, very resourceful interview from Rob Howard. Okay. Sure. Until next time, with another important guest. Thank you very much. And don't forget to follow our channel on Mixcloud and Spotify and join our teachers coffee group on Facebook. Let's stay together connected.